Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Okay, can we just talk about real quick? Hi, guys. This is Danny J, by the way. And this is Jill Coleman. <laughs> What's going on? So Jill and I have had these rules that we arbitrarily made up, but not really. <laughs> but also we just <laughs> abide by them. Yeah. So to be on the podcast, when we first started, if you've been listening since the beginning, we had, I think, only one or two guests on Zoom. We had Drew Cannoli or something. And it was weird because Jill was in one spot. I was in one spot. Drew was in another and audio wasn't the best. And it just felt like we just decided after doing that, that we should just do only in person. And I think it's different maybe if it's just two people, but having three and then trying to figure out who's going to jump in and talk was a little bit tricky. And then we just thought it was more fun and better connection. So we just created a rule, three rules. Actually, if you want to be on our podcast, you have to be cool, be our friend, be local. And 2020 had a lot of people messaging, Hey, saying, let we get pitches all the time. People want to be on the podcast. And we're like, Hey, where, where are you at? And if they're not local, which means LA or Vegas or wherever we're traveling, then we say, we'll put you on a list. And then if we're ever traveling there, we'll have you on the show. If it seems like a good fit. And if you're cool, (laughs) yep. Gotta be cool. So this lady, going to call her out because she probably doesn't listen to the show, which is also annoying. Uh, she wants <laughs> yes, to be please on the listen show. to the show. If you pitch us, please. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to pitch a show, like at least know something about the show. So she's trying to get on. And I said, you know, where are you? Where are you at? She said, she's in another country. I said, well, that's cool. Jill and I travel sometimes, but our rule is you got to be local. But then she keeps following up. She's like, well, I was on another show and I did zoom and I'm an expert. I'm like, great that's awesome. And then I had, I didn't respond. And then she comes back. Well, I really hope you have me on your show. And after that, I was just getting annoyed. I'm like, now she's not even on. And Joe goes, well, now she broke the rule. (laughs) She's not cool. So she's just gone. She's, (laughs) she's Susie white now. Yeah. I mean, and it's not that it's like that. I mean, it it is like actually that finicky with us because honestly, and it's great. We probably get, because we get the pitches into my email five to 10 a week. Still, you know, which obviously you guys know, like we're at a million downloads. Like we have an amazing listenership. If you listen to this, like we love y'all and we want to make sure we protect the space. This is why we've had just people we like on that have had better conversations. Honestly, I feel like some of the conversations we've had with like my brother have been better than conversations we've had with strangers that have big names, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we want to grow the podcast, but at the end of the day, we want it to be fun for you guys. We want it to be good listening. We want it to be good conversation. However that happens. A lot of times that's why we do just Danny and I, because like literally we're just catching up and we're kind of talking about what we talk about. And you guys have even given us the feedback that it feels like you're kind of like a fly on the wall with girlfriends. And that's kind of how we want to keep it. Now, if you want to like get access to people who have like huge followings and like hear from like these top experts that probably isn't going to necessarily always be here every once in a while. We've gotten some people with some pretty big followings. We have a lot of friends who have, you know, are big names, but also we're not going out of our way to get them on. Yeah. 
Because really it comes down to like when you podcast, like it comes down to the conversation, doesn't it? It comes Mm -hmm. down to like, and that's why the in-person interviews were so much better than the Zoom ones because it just like you were able to pick up on like body language and it just felt so much more organic. I felt like then a very like sort of back and forth interview where we had like a list of questions and it just felt like more formulaic. It's so much more organic. Like just so you guys know, we don't really prepare all that much. You know, probably not surprised by that fact, but even when it comes to guests, you know, we want to make sure that we honor wherever the discussion goes. So we don't have always a ton of, we have some things that we definitely want to get into. And we know that, you know, some things you want to talk about with certain people, but for the most part, we want to follow the conversation wherever it goes. And so far it's been easy, organic, fun, not awkward. We've been on podcasts as guests where this shit is awkward as fuck. Haven't we? We're like, okay, like I just answered a question and then someone's like, okay, great. And then like goes on to the next question. You're like, okay, this is not a discussion. Why do I feel like I'm being quizzed right now? Right. It's just a different, it's a different formula. Yep. So I love it. And we look, it's our podcast, our rules. So if these are the rules, like if she was just like, cool, I understand that sounds fun. I might've actually started going to her page and looking more and going, you know, if she was really good, maybe we could break our rules sometimes. But the fact that she was being so pushy, I was like, nah, she's not. Well, you and I both have that big autonomy, but (laughs) the second someone is needy, we're like, nope, sorry. (laughs) Like literally something inside of me is like repellent energy. Mm -hmm. Be cool right? Be cool. Be, I mean, if you're that big of an expert too, that was like the problem is she was like, I'm such a big expert. Like, dude, if you're a fucking expert, the people are searching you out, right? You're not begging to be on people's podcast. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, there we are in speaking of the podcast and all of our rules. Um, the topic today is, was brought up by my boyfriend. He said, Hey, why don't you guys talk about, cause we've told the story about the best life and how it came about, but what do you guys think the best life is now? So if you don't know, and if you're kind of new to listening and haven't heard maybe the first episode, um, or the first couple episodes, really Jill and I, uh, both kind of came together. We, we knew of each other before, but we kind of really came together and became really close friends when both of our marriages ended after affairs. And we were actually not even divorced yet. We were separated. Jill was already out in Los Angeles. Um, I found out that my husband had an affair about nine months after I found out she moved out there. She invited me to stay with her. I slept on her couch, stayed there for a month. And then we just really got to grieve together, cry together, laugh and go through things. And We were sitting there one evening in the summertime uh, at Jill's apartment, and she had this great apartment with a great balcony facing the beach in Santa Monica. And we were drinking wine. And of course, probably as usual, like commiserating, half crying, half laughing as one does after a breakup. And we're looking at the sunset and Jill was like, it's so cool. We get to be here. You know, like, this is just the best life. Like, isn't it amazing? We get to be here. And it was just like this moment of, yes, even though it was such a weird and rocky and uncertain place, we were literally looking at this gorgeous sunset in Santa Monica. And just the idea of getting to be here was just a great mind shift. And like, just saying this is the best life, even the shitty parts are the best life. And so that's really where the whole idea of for the best life came around. And when we do have guests, we tend to ask them at the end, what does the best life look like for you? And so now we've come, we're in a completely different place in our lives. We're both in relationships that we've been in for a few years. Um, we're both a little more stable in our housing. Um, we're both in different places in our businesses. So, uh, Jeff said it maybe it was a good idea to see like what is our difference and what the best life is now and if there is any difference. So I thought it would be a fun conversation. 
You know, I think for me, the different, I mean, it's still the same message, right? So the message being, even when you feel like your entire life is a dumpster fire, like something's going wrong or like you are in the absolute like worst place, you absolutely hate that you're in that place. Maybe you're going through divorce, you're going through life transition, you're going through a job loss, you've lost someone in your life, like something that is so agonizing that you can literally lift your head up and go, wow, the sunset's amazing and find this, whatever it's a sunset, maybe it's a laughing with a friend, maybe it's having a great conversation. Like there is a bright spot even when things in your life are really shitty. And so for me, at the end of the day, the best life is really just acknowledging that you can always find gratitude in even the shittiest moments. And I think that's really, to me, um, it gave me a lot of hope in that moment to be like, it's not all bad. And it gave me this little, almost just like a life raft, like, okay, there's, there's still good things here, right? There's still things worth you know, going to the next level, moving forward, progressing. There's still like reasons to, you know, and this is very similar to when I was moving to LA. So what you had said, I had moved out to LA about nine months before you Mm -hmm. and I was leaving my marriage and, you know, I wasn't in a bad place. It wasn't like a terrible place with with the marriage. We, you know, his affair was over and we were trying to work things out and we had been trying to work things out for about a year but I just noticed that nothing was changing. And I just got to this point where I was like, nothing is changing. I'm going to keep having the same conversation three months from now, six months from now. The reason why things weren't changing was because long story short, he was sort of still dealing with stuff with his like ex mistress, like his ex lover. Um, which is obviously nothing I can affect, right? Like I can't help him get through that faster. I can't like have enough sex with him to like make him like, you know what I mean? Get over that. Like there's nothing I could do. And I think that's where the helplessness came in. And I remember the day I left, I left at like five in the morning. I drove 16 hours that day. And I think I've told the story before, but um, I ended up getting to a hotel that night in St. Louis. I was like leaving uh, North Carolina, drove all the way to St. Louis. And remember just getting to a hotel and just being like, damn, this is the shittiest day of my life. Like literally this is the worst fucking day of my life. I just like left 10 years of like my entire life behind me. I left my furniture. I left my friends, my family. I'm going out to Los Angeles. I don't know anyone there. I'd have like just got this apartment last fucking week. And I remember you saying to myself, you know, if I can even find like five things to be grateful for on like the shittiest day, it's not that bad. And the things that I wrote down, I still have the note in my phone. It's it's actually July 2nd, 2015. Um, and it's literally all like forward facing things, like the opportunity to meet new people, the opportunity to have a different life, the opportunity to, you know, um, uh, I don't know, meet and connect with potential business collaborations, like all of that stuff. And it was all like forward facing. So the best life really is about choosing, right? Is a choice mm-hmm. to find a bright spot, even when things are terrible. So Danny and I are there, we're talking about like, she's literally fresh out of her marriage, like so raw, laughing, crying, <laughs> probably a couple of drinks in and just going, damn, like, yeah, we get to be here. That's things aren't that bad. Things could be a lot worse. And so that I think for me hasn't changed. Like I literally live at the beach still. I live three blocks from the beach. I'll be riding my bike, being look at the sunset, being like, I can't believe I get to live here. This is the best life. I can't believe I get to live here. I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe even in my work sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I get to. So it's the best life, but it's, I can't believe I'm so lucky that I get to, Mm. you know? And so I know that sounds like a love lip service. Maybe you guys even heard that. Like, oh yeah, I don't say I have to say I get to and like, whatever. But like, when you really feel it in your bones, that's just like this feeling. It just overtakes you. It's like a visceral feeling of like, wow, it is. It's very like, wow to me. So that in itself hasn't changed. Of course, the context 
has changed, but I'd be interested and I'll share that in a second. But what uh, about you? Well, I'm like tearing up just thinking about the, um, just that moment that we had on the balcony and the moment of realizing like we do get to, and it is a choice, you know, there was definitely, and I know you and I both had these conversations of, we don't want to end up bitter and we don't want to be the angry person. And so just for someone listening who thinks that maybe that must be so easy, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but it, it is a choice and the choice isn't necessarily an easy one. And it does feel sometimes you do want to sit in the pity and sit in the anger and, but it's, it's a choice to decide how long you want to stay there. And if you want to let that be like your story and get stuck there. And so I was really inspired by the fact that you, you think that way too, because I knew that I just didn't want to get stuck there and I didn't want to be in that position. And just that shift of saying, I get to it's gratitude just changes everything. It really does. And I know that you still feel this way. Cause like, you're still put on your stories. I think just even the other day you were, you had a either skateboarding or biking and you're like, I can't believe I get to live here. And it was a choice to live there. So, you know, someone who's like, well, of course she gets to live there. Must she be nice. there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that was a choice. You drove across country to be able to quote, get to live there. And I do feel the same way. I think a lot of the things for me that if I was to describe the best life, it's for me, one of the biggest things is freedom and freedom to choose. And so I don't think that can really be totally taken away from someone. There are circumstances where you don't get to choose, but you may not get to choose what happens. You do get to choose how you react and how you perceive it. And so choosing our perception is so powerful and looking for lessons instead of feeling like you're being punished is a big one. And for me, um, over the last few years, it's a constant, or it has been a constant practice. You know, it's not easy to feel grateful when the shit's hitting the fan. It's not easy to feel grateful when you feel like everything's being taken from you or everything you knew 10 years of something. It's not always easy to be grateful for those 10 years and say, Oh my gosh, I had an amazing 10 years. I learned so much instead of going, wow, that's 10 years down the drain. It's 10 years wasted. I could have been doing something else. So I, I really think that you're right. I do feel similarly in that like the idea is the same, maybe like the outfit has changed, but even if it changes again, they're still behind it all behind, like the best life isn't the fact that you live at the beach, right? Like you could live in the middle of Kansas, but if you loved your life and you loved what you were doing and who you're around, that's still the best life for you. So it's not necessarily related or tied to this place. So I think the idea really is, is you can choose the best life and you can have the best life no matter where you're at. And yeah. yeah, So for me, it's like, I'm I'm not living at the beach right now, um, anymore for the last, since like last July. Um, but I'm still living the best life because that's where I'm choosing to see things, you know? Yeah. I think the context has definitely changed. There was a moment. So I remember, you know, for us, 2016, 2017 was like a little bit of a shit show, you know, and one of our mantras during that time, besides like, this is the best life. And we would continue to say that it wasn't just this one time. It was literally like, you know, Danny and I would take a lot of walks along Venice boardwalk and cause she wasn't living in Venice and I was, and we would, you know, we'd walk a, a lot and we talk a lot, have these like long conversations, bring like to go wine or coffee or something. And we would literally be like, can you believe you get to live here? Like, this is so, this is the best life. Like we would say that a lot. And it wasn't like lip service. It wasn't like a joke. It was literally like, that's how you felt in the moment. But on all of 
in that too was also just those years, there was just a lot of pain and a lot of confusion and a lot of reorienting um, from the life that you thought you were going to have. I think when people get married, they don't say, well, I'll just leave myself an out. And like, maybe like literally my marriage was it for me. And I think it was for you too. Like that was it. It was just like, this is my like dream person. This is my best friend. Like, this is it for me. And then when you don't have that anymore, you don't know what it's supposed to look like, you know, cause you thought that that, like everything you had thought for the last 10 years was this is going to be morality. So I think 2016, 2017 for a lot of, for both of us was a little bit of like sowing our wild oats. Cause we hadn't really done that, you know, that much. We were all always like a serial monogamist in long-term relationships and marriages. So there was that, there was also like just the change of like scenery, meeting new people, meeting different people, traveling for work, you know, like obviously a little more drinking than probably either one of us do now. Like, but it was just, I don't want to say it was a chit show, but it, it like was just a moment of feeling, trying to find some new reality and what your new reality was going to be. And plus we were both like mid thirties. So we were like, oh, like, I don't know how to date. I've never been on a dating app. Like, so it was a lot of just like learning new things, being someone new, taking on a new identity, but there was this moment. And so we would joke that it was like kind of a dumpster fire. And we'd like, we'd always send each other these memes that were like everything. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, oh, well, 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 here's the consequence of my own actions. Like it was all these sort of like dumpster fire sort of memes that were hilarious because we didn't, we truly like, didn't know, you know, we had like some anchors and things like that, like our businesses and our families and whatever. But for the most part, it was really learning a lot of new things and trying to create literally a new, not only a new like life, but a new identity. And so I remember this moment, I think it was maybe like mid 2018 or maybe towards the end of 2017 after years of that, I had this moment where I was like, things don't feel like a dumpster fire anymore. Like I actually kind of know what I'm doing. So the memes just didn't hit the same, right? Like it just didn't, all of a sudden I just noticed that I wasn't resonating as much with those things because I was starting to feel like myself again or my new self. I was starting to feel like, okay, I think I have, I think I got this. Like, I think I kind of, and so I think now for me, the best life still is the same meaning, but the context is different. It doesn't feel like everything's a dumpster fire. Like it feels like things are fucking solid. Like it feels like I'm solid. It feels like this new reality has finally settled in mm. and I'm like, I'm good. Now, the thing that I that do differently now is I know it could be taken away at any point and I don't like, you know, walk around on eggshells and stuff, but I know like this could be transient. I still go all in. I still, you know, do all my things, but I don't have the sort of, I don't want to say naivety, but I don't have the same view of like, this has to be forever. I'm like, this is amazing right now. And I'm going to appreciate the fuck out of it. And I'm also open to potentially a different reality. If that's, if that's meant for me. Mm, That's such a good lesson. And definitely I resonate a lot with that. Yeah. We, I mean, we really were reorienting and it was almost like, I don't, I don't really remember the matrix too much, but I know there's something about a blue and red pill. And it's almost like, you know, you take one and you have like the reality. And it was, it was almost like waking up to a brand new reality and going, I didn't even know this existed. And so it was super, super disorienting. And now it feels like there's been some integration. So there was like the old reality, the new like knowledge, I guess, and now going, okay, there can be both. And also I know about this other side. And so I'm not going to be too attached anymore because it's, it could be transient. Like you said, it could be taken away. It could change in an instant. And if it does, 
now I know it's not going to be like, at least in my mind, I think it's not going to feel so much like the rug being pulled out from under. Um, of course it could still obviously feel like that no matter what happens. You know? Yeah. I think you're always going to feel heartbroken, right? Like if you have yeah. the courage to yeah. go all in on a new relationship, like we have, like, yeah, like you're going to get your fucking heartbroken if it ends. Of course. Like, you know, when you I remember there was a moment it was, I don't know, maybe I was dating Keith for like six months and I was like, fuck, like this isn't like a throwaway, like the other ones had been, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you date a lot of guys, you date a lot of guys. And there's a moment where I was like, oh, this is different fuck, like I really have to put my money where my mouth is. If I say that I truly want to be able to trust again, and I truly want to be able to, um, you know, love deeply again and be vulnerable with someone again, I'm like, like, I gotta, I gotta make a choice right now, you know? So yes, I think that you still know, have the knowledge, but I think I just never thought that would be a possibility in my marriage. And now I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a possibility. And I'm still going all in, but I got through it one time. I could yeah. get through it again. I guess that too is I'm like, to me, that wasn't even, it was, I wouldn't even fathom not being with my husband. Um, but now I'm like, you know, I don't want that to happen. I'd be fucking heartbroken. It'd be devastating, but I know I would get through it. I don't know. I had that certainty before. Yeah. Yep. I feel the same. It's even interesting how things have shifted with thinking about my, um, just my mom being sick in the last year and just basically grieving her multiple times. Cause I thought she was going to die. And also realizing that even that, even losing somebody who's no longer living, you're going to figure it out and you're going to figure out what a new, new life looks like without them. Um, we just met someone really, really briefly in, in March, um, at a speaking event. And literally the week after we met him, um, he was killed in a car accident. And so I'm friends with his wife on, on Facebook, and I've been watching her journey of grief and it's been really amazing and bittersweet to watch because I feel like she's, she's going out with girlfriends a lot and she's doing things just to try to heal and it reminds me a lot of us back in 2016 and she's not dating. She's not like there because I think losing someone to death was probably going to be a little bit different in that, but just it's, it's really cool to see the human condition and how we process grief and how we can get through it and how resilient we are. And it's really beautiful to see. And it's like, I guess it's weird to say it's beautiful, but when I look back at who we were, I look back, it's like, these are sweet memories, even if they were like, even if we were a shit show, and even if we did do things that were maybe not things I would do today. Um, it's just one of those things where I just look back with compassion and I think like we got through it and we got through it, however we were going to get through it. And it still was the best. And we had fun while we did it. (laughs) And, um, and really just the choice on how we see everything is really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Our mantra back then was what else are you going to do? What else are you supposed to do? Like literally what else? I mean, I remember almost just being like, a fly on the wall, like watching myself being like, yeah, you're probably not making the best decisions. Like I just had that insight that like, this isn't really me, but it's the me of now. Right. Like I had that insight that I was like, I'm not going to live here. Like the whole time I'm sure you had it too, was like, this is transient. Like I'm going out every night. This is transient. I'm dating these like kind of fuck boys. Like this is transient. Like I had Mm -hmm. that insight And I just gave myself over to the process. And I think that looking back like you, I'm really proud of that 
that like, I feel like we went all in. Like, I feel like I didn't try and hold back. I feel like I didn't try and like protect. I don't feel like I, like, I just was like, yep, this is who I am right now. This is what I'm doing right now. And I'm probably not making the decisions I'm going to make in the future. At some point I will find another equilibrium, but like for right now, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? And I just gave myself over to the process. And I think that was helped us. I think at least for me, move through it probably faster that I yeah. didn't try to like keep it all together and like try like, you know what I mean? I was just like, fuck, it just is what it is. I'm like, I'm a shit show right now. Like, it's just going to be what it is and it's going to be fine. But I had an awareness that I had to go through that to get on the other side. Yep. I love it. And there that that's what the best life is about. Yep. Figuring it out, being okay with it, not judging Self-compassion it. 24 yeah. seven. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yep. But I think, you know, for me, Ultimately, it always comes down to choosing and the best life is choosing your perception, how you're, how you're seeing things, get letting yourself saying like you get to do something and really believing it like gratitude changes it all. And, um, and then if you don't like it, fixing it, doing something different and not being so attached. So totally. Yeah. Love it. Well, she's still cool, here. Cool. Well, this is a good, a good little conversation. I hadn't thought about that, but it was a good conversation and still the best life it always will be yeah it's funny because shantae says that all the time and i think like and i think we even said this on like our first episode like we actually called it the best life before, before. it was like living my best life became like a slogan i was like what the fuck we invented that shit <laughs> i know we did invent that shit there was i remember someone said did you hear the song living my best life and i was like no i didn't know there was a song we were saying that before the song came out so <sighs> yeah yeah you heard it here first remember. folks we invented this. That's it. All right. Well, please subscribe to The Best Life and leave us a review. And if you want to leave in a review, tell us what your best life is. I want to know. Put it there. Or you can put it in the Facebook group at thebestlifepodcast.com. And we'll see you on the next episode. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.